Hello and welcome to the Football Formulas podcast where we cram all of the footballing weekend's most interesting stats, bets and tips into one easy to digest half hour chunk for your delectation and amusement. No Premier League football this weekend, but with European football back in the frame, we've still got plenty to talk about. To help you find the value in this weekend's action, we've got two of Europe's finest metropolitan elite, two men who ooze the sort of sophistication and class we've come to expect from our counterparts in Paris, Barcelona and Rome. It's head analyst Alex Caldicott and analyst Charon Gill. Thank you both for coming along. We're delighted to have these two debonair beacons of football and wisdom and also head of content George Petrie here with us today. We're coming off a good weekend. Will backed the correct score in Inter versus Empoli, and George got all three of his rugby tips correct in last week's podcast. No six nations this weekend for you, but we've got a belter in store nonetheless. Don't go away. Coming up on today's show, a quick roundup of last weekend's Premier League action and a sort of taking stock of where we are with one third of the season left. Liverpool still looking excellent against top six opposition, but what extent did Tottenham let themselves down? Crystal Palace go down against Stoke, but with Leicester losing to Swansea, who continue to impress under Paul Clement, the relegation battle has really got quite interesting, especially with Bournemouth also losing to City. After that, we'll be looking at how some English teams did midweek, uh, with Man United benefiting from a Zlat trick and Tottenham losing to Ghent. Where do Euro- English teams stand in the Europa League? Arsenal got tied in knots like a pretzel in a Munich beer hall, so can Leicester <laughs> fare any better against Sevilla, or are Man City our best hope? We've also got some thoughts on PSG's fantastic win over Barca as well. Some jukebox bets that action featuring Beyonce, a slight change to our betting bottle tombola and a focus on some stat stuff and FA Cup insight coming up for you as well. Let's get on with it. So, a brief overview of the key results from last weekend in the Prem. Uh, Liverpool 2-0 Tottenham. What is going on? Why have Liverpool been so average in the weeks running up to this and then suddenly they can produce at home against the big teams? Alex, what do you think? I think we said last week that Liverpool would do really well. We did say that. <laughs> we did say that. Say that every week. We did say that every week. Yeah, yeah. Every week. Um, yeah they're just a good team to attack them and give them some space with uh, their fast attackers to counter-attack and it kind of suits their style a bit more than playing as the weaker sides who sit back. And um, I think Liverpool, I don't know whether they're guilty of being a bit complacent against the lesser sides, I feel. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you sort of take how Liverpool do against the top sides and how Tottenham do against the, the weaker sides, then you get one pretty decent championship team, also known as Chelsea. So, you know, it's not, not too far a stretch to imagine one of these teams developing for next season and maybe going on, but for this season it looks like Chelsea are so not. What do you think, Charon? Yeah, I think the thing with Liverpool was, um, their main problem was players being injured and unavailable. I think since Mane's come back, they've got Coutinho back from injury as well. I think now that those two are back, they should really kick on. I quite fancy them for a top four finish now, actually. Okay. Um, well, they're on their uh, pre-season training camp in in Spain, aren't they? At the moment. Is that so? Okay. You know, no, no cup competitions, no European stuff. So yeah, lots of time yeah. to focus on the prem. Mm. Um, obviously, this is all now five five days ago, so we don't want to spend too long. But it's also worth pointing out that Burnley did very well uh, to hold Chelsea to a one-all draw. Um, but do you think this is a good result for Burnley or an opportunity for a famous win gone begging? Oh, it was a great result for Burnley. I mean, it was horrible weather. True. Uh, I'm not sure. Very Burnley weather. Like you can't really imagine a more Burnley fixture, can you? They they must have loved it when they saw saw that uh, coming down. Um, So I think it was an excellent result for them. Chelsea just didn't really turn up that much. 
They are playing five of their next six away though, Ben, and you're wondering where these points are going to come from if they can't, you know, manufacture them on the road and they're, you know, missing opportunities. They did have chances at home. They maybe mm -hmm. could have done better. Uh, yeah, there was the one where Luis uh, missed the through ball and yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they could have won it, I suppose, but I'm sure they're happy with a point. They're pretty pretty safe now, I'd say, so it doesn't really matter if they lose all those away games. Yeah, true. Going to win the cup. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that'd be quite a sight. Um, any thoughts, Sharon? Or? Uh, yeah, I think well, Chelsea looked a little bit vulnerable, didn't they? It was probably mm -hmm. Luiz's first bad game since he came back to the club. Um, I bet something to do with him having to tie his hair up because of the weather. Exactly, right? yeah. Um, bizarre seeing him with a ponytail. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a disastrous result for Chelsea. Still yeah. can't see anyone catching. Brazilians didn't really like that weather. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really right. And the last result I quickly want to talk about is Swansea beating Leicester two 0 at the at the Liberty Stadium. It's almost like sort of the do and do not of how to handle a relegation threat, isn't it? I mean, there is obviously the the big difference being um, the fact that uh, Swansea have a new manager in Paul Clement, but Leicester just they they look all over the shop um, and with you know now they've got midweek Champions League fixtures coming up potentially um, you have to wonder where their next win in the Premier League is coming from what do you think Aaron? Yeah well I think I mentioned Leicester to get relegated last time I was on but yeah. still fancy that pretty strongly actually um, so I think better with every passing week yeah I think my three to go down would be Leicester Palace and Borough at the moment okay I think yeah like you said with Hull getting a new manager, Swansea improving. Um, Sunderland normally they're okay, aren't they? It sort of gets to this point of the season, yeah. and you can't really see a way out for them. But they always seem to manage it. So yeah, yeah I think those three would be. Leicester's nice. next two games are at home. Yeah, uh, against Liverpool, I think next, which is the sort of game their players might actually want to try in. Yeah. It reminds me, it reminds me of the game against Man City, doesn't it? Where they you know absolutely thump Man City. Yeah, they've got plenty of uh, talent in that uh, squad. I feel. Mm. It's just whether Ranieri always doesn't know what he's quite doing with his strikers, whereas last year it was a pretty set formation, set team, and he's brought in you know a couple of record signings in Musa and Slimani, and trying to blend it all together has been a bit of a struggle. Whether he's lost the dressing room, bit of a problem, but yeah. I, I expect them to put up a much improved performance at home, particularly yeah, but with the king power. You know, it's still still. A, Tough place, I think, for teams to go. You only have the crowd right behind them again, and if they get a point there, I'm sure they'll be happy because then the next home game is against Hull, and yeah, I I still fancy them to win that at home. I think that home yeah, form is what they're going to need to rely on. Pretty much, yeah, pretty right. Um, now, moving on slightly from Premier League action, we talk about we're going to talk about some of the English teams in action in Europe this week, and um, obviously the big result from this week was Arsenal undone essentially their European season ended by 10 minutes uh, against against Bayern really they were doing pretty well up until sort of about the 50th minute and then it all absolutely went to pieces our, our, um, Sharon is our, our resident <laughs> Arsenal fan I feel like it's probably best that you get your defence in now yeah well, I think last time I was on it was after we lost uh, at home to Watford wasn't it so nice. yeah, it's not been the best time to be an Arsenal fan at the moment I saw a joke going around that we'd, uh, we'd trigger, triggered article 50 at half time against Bayern <laughs> um, yeah, I think it reminded me a bit of um, our game at City away recently. Uh, I think we, we did pretty well in the first half in that game. I think we were winning 1-0 actually, and then sort of capitulated second half again. We tend to struggle against teams that have a lot of the ball, because um, obviously we're used to when we play to having the, the lion's share of possession, but when we 
sort of have to chase it around for a while. We, we fade away, I think, in the second half of games. Koscielny getting off didn't help either. No. Um, not, a, not a great week. Do we know how long Koscielny's out for? Uh, or is it just an angle that will be fine for the next game? I'm not sure, actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gabriel didn't look too uh, no. too convincing when he came on, did he? So hopefully. Yeah, Koscielny, I think, has been an underrated part of the Arsenal defence. I think it's been sort of not necessarily attracting the same headlines as, say, oh, I don't know. Um, some people like Ozil who you know arguably has been underperformed with various others in the midfield people like Xhaka but he has certainly been doing a serious job for them and he will be he was missed definitely in that second half yeah um, now not so much in the way of a Europe like Champions League action for English teams other than that but we obviously had two teams in action in the Europa League um, and a win for Man United uh, Alex what did you think of Slatan's hat trick has to be said it didn't you can't stop him, can you? Certainly, Sintetian can't stop him. He's uh, has his third hat-trick in his last nine games against them. <laughs> Sintetian, OK. So he's, yeah. that's who he loves to play. He can't wait for the second leg, I bet. Uh, I, quite, I was saying to Chad that I quite liked uh, the fact that all of his celebrations uh, involved him basically standing still, because that's essentially what he was doing when he got the ball each time. He didn't actually have to do a huge amount of work for it. Um, and I think he, you know, the stat being Van der is like 23 goals this season, his first hat trick for Man United, fine, yes. But he hasn't, I don't think, been the transformational player, and um, certainly not the transformational combination with Paul Pogba that people hoped that he might be. Um, obviously, they, this puts him in a great position for the second leg, but they, they lost against Fenerbahce away earlier in the season, didn't they? You have to wonder how their form will be away from home in a European game that, you know, they, they should win, but there we go, you know, it's not... not yeah, in their general, general form's gradually improving, yeah, nothing yeah. too spectacular, but I think they're, they're well, they're, they're safely through now. Mm. And, um, yeah, they obviously want to give it a good crack, because it might be the best route into the Champions League. Yeah, it might we'll, be. We'll, we'll see how the season progresses, but... Quite a short price now, aren't they? I think they're four to one favourites for Europe. League. Certainly, four with the uh, second favourites at the tournament struggling, <laughs> I think yeah, no, they they probably deserve it. I don't think it'll, there weren't any particularly strong teams that came out of the Champions League into it, and a lot of the stronger teams actually got matched up in that first knockout round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you had Roma, Villarreal, and there was okay. like a couple other decent teams that went up against each other. So. There's not going to be a lot of tough off opposition left. No, so definitely. certainly with a bit of luck with the draw, you could quite easily make the semi-finals before you get um, another big name up against them. Yeah, definitely worth them having a crack at this stage. Um, the other game, of course, uh, Ghent hosted Spurs uh, in Belgium. Spurs put out a really strong-looking team, but suffered a 1-0 defeat, and by all accounts, Ghent were, were pretty impressive. And, you know, Spurs are putting out that sort of team on a Thursday night ahead of a Sunday afternoon cup fixture that will be you know pretty testing at Craven Cottage against Fulham. Um, you have to wonder where where did Spurs where should Spurs' priorities be this season? I think the Euro, I think they were right to put out a strong team last night. I I mean I still think they'll turn it around. Again for yeah all that they did last night they are pretty bad. I mean they were what eighth or ninth in the Belgian league. <laughs> it's not good. Not not not, not um, good enough. And they're a terrible travellers. I think they've won one away game in the in the league all season again. So they have got all their results at home domestically. I think they're really getting probably get up, take a, a pacing when they go uh, well to Wembley as it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, so obviously Spurs I think wanted to get the results um, to hopefully have a taking a, a lead back to uh, London, which might not have worked, but 
I think they can probably rotate a few players for the cup. If they go out of the cup, they're probably not going to be too worried because winning in if they win the Europa League, that's a much bigger prize than winning the FA Cup these days. Probably is, yeah. Um, now, lastly, before we are on the airwaves next, Leicester will play Sevilla, who are doing really very well in La Liga. Um, Jared, since you've already talked about the potential for relegation, how do you feel about the Leicester Champions League relegation double? Uh, yeah, well, I can't see them getting past Sevilla. I think Sevilla have been really impressive this year. Um, so third, I think they're still ahead of Atletico in the Liga, third mm-hmm. in La Liga. Um, I mean, they lost their two best players in the summer uh, in Krakowiak and um, uh, the striker who went to Atletico. Uh, Gamera. Gamera, yeah, that's them. And obviously their manager as well, and yeah, they're still having another excellent season. Um, and Zonzi's turned into one of the best midfielders in La Liga, which is somewhat surprising because I think we last saw him at Stoke, wasn't it? So, well, I think Stoke had a big drop off when he, he left, actually. Yeah. I think he was kind of. Um, Bit of an unsung hero for them. They certainly struggled at the start of last season when uh, when Zonzi left, and um, much like they did this season, Stoke. I think they probably lost the first five games and were struggling. But yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely can't see Leicester knocking Sevilla on that one. No, but, so let's assume they go out to Sevilla. Do you think that will give them the necessary, you know, focus time, the necessary? Um, headspace to focus on staying up in the Premiership, or will it just be another thing demoralising? You know, key players like Real Madrid, you know, or Casper Schmeichel, both of whom are, you know, apparently not on side with the manager. Where, where, where will this take them around? Uh, yeah, I mean, I find it hard to believe that there's problems in the dressing room given what they did last season. I mean, you'd think that sort of the respect for Ranieri would be enormous, and there'd be sort of harmony within the dressing room, but. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I was thinking actually it would almost be better for sort of the fairy tale if Leicester did go down. Mm. Uh, almost better for the story, um, getting being close to relegation, winning the league, and then getting relegated. I think. Yeah. When people look back, that'll be a uh, story to tell. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Definitely. Um, that's pretty much enough on English teams in Europe for the time being. But we're now we're going to focus on our jukebox bet slip section. After her dramatic pregnancy reveal and barnstorming work at the Grammys, we're going to have a look at Beyonce uh, for our short, medium and long-term bets. For a short shot, I want to know which one will make you count down until it comes in, which of course it will. Uh, your medium shot is one for which you can see the halo, and after we went for crazy in love with the long shots last weekend, I'm now asking you which one will be the best thing you never had for your long shot. As with last week, bonus points awarded for creatively linking the song and artist to the bet you're choosing, and the person who I judge to have produced the best links or the most plausible bets will get half the delicious brownie sitting there on the table. So, uh, short shots, go ahead. Okay, so my countdown, PSG to win to nil at home to Toulouse. Um, PSG have kept seven clean sheets in their 12 home games, um, and they've conceded only once against teams outside the top six. Uh, I think Toulouse are ninth at the moment. Uh, and they've only scored once in their last five away, and that was bottom of the league uh, at bottom of the league, L'Oreal. So, yeah, the, uh, the home wins in that's 1.83. All right, short shot. All right, Alex. Okay. Well, first look, I've noticed a certain trend developing in this uh, okay. segment, in that uh, Will, you, you seem to have a big liking for uh, uh, mainstream female pop stars. If they don't have one, Katie, up. Katie Perry. <laughs> so, you know, Taylor Swift next week, is it? <laughs> we'll have to see. 
Uh, I am going to count down with a uh, a girl who's going to be going downhill in the women's slalom in the Alpine World Championships going on in Samaritz right now. Rogue. Michaela Schifrin, 1.4 forwards, win the women's slalom. Yeah, she's absolutely phenomenal. She has won the World Championships in 2013 as a 17-year-old, won the Olympics as an 18-year-old in 2014, won the World Champs again as a 19-year-old in 2015. She's getting better and better. She's won, I think, 16 of 19 slalom uh, World Cup races since the start of 2015, which is an 84% conversion. The odds suggest she's only got a 69% chance. That's a 15% value there. I think that is absolutely nailed on 1.44, shifting for the women's slalom. Well, Jared, you can see he's done his homework. How about your medium shot, the one you can see the halo for? Uh, yeah, I can see the, uh, the halo for Inter at Bologna. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Will tipped up Inter last week, didn't he? The 2 0 correct score. I'm thinking something similar here. Um, so I'm going for the Inter win and under 2.5 goals. Uh, so Bologna aren't in the best of form. They've only won two of their last nine at home. They've lost all four against top eight sides uh, and they've only managed one goal in those games. Um, but they generally tend to keep things fairly tight and keep the scoreline respectable. Uh, they've only conceded more than twice in two of their last 31 home games. Okay. Um, I think the reason behind Will tipping into last week was because uh, Perisic and Icardi were suspended. Uh, Icardi's still suspended although Perisic is back, but Inter, they don't tend to score many goals away. Um, they haven't scored more than twice in any of their five away wins this season, so I can see a, a narrow away win, 1-0 or 2-0. Right then, Alex, what's your medium shot bet? Well, I actually have Inter win to nil written down, but I've scratched that out now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to stick with uh, similar, um, and I'm going for Fiorentina to win away at Milan. Okay. because Milan's recent form has been pretty rubbish. I mean, they've got nine points from the last nine games, and they were actually fortunate to do that well. The last couple of games, they've pulled off um, slightly against the odds victories. They won 1-0 at Bologna with nine men, with an 89th-minute winner. And then they won last week against Lazio, well, no, they drew against Lazio, but were completely dominated the whole game. I think Fiorentina coming into some pretty decent form. And uh, yeah, no, I think 3.5 to win away. Um, I think they look decent value. Good stuff. And finally, uh, the one that could be the best thing you never had, the one sort of outside shot. Yeah, so big price for my one, 12 to 1, uh, my long shot. It's Celta Vigo to beat Osasuna 3 1 at home. Uh, so Celta Vigo, a really good form at home. They won seven of the last eight. Um, Osasuna are bottom of the league uh, and almost definitely relegated. Uh, Celta Vigo have hosted four bottom six teams so far. They've had three two ones, and the other was a three one win over Granada, who are nineteenth. But Celta, so Celta are the best defensively. They tend to concede, and Osasuna have managed to score at Sociedad, Bilbao, Villarreal, and Real Madrid this season. But they've got some defensive injuries. They're missing two of their regular back four and their first choice goalkeeper. So I can see 3-1 correct score there. Sounds good. Alex? Yeah, I'm going to go for a correct score. I'm going for Gladbach uh, to win 1-0 against Leipzig, who 
Leipzig were obviously a bit of a story in the Bundesliga earlier on in the season, and I think they're still second, but they've gone, gone completely off the boil. Their captain, who's played every single minute, is suspended, I believe, and they're also missing one of their main forwards. So, but uh, Gladbach aren't exactly the, the strongest, although they have won, I think, two or three in a row now, suddenly starting to improve, move up the table. I think it's going to be a narrow 1-0 win. Sounds good. 9.5. Ooh, 9.5. Um, it's tight. I've got to award them half brownie to somebody. Um, I think, Alex, just for that barnstorming entry with your short shot, you take, you take the victory so you have yourself to half brownie as and when you want. Thank you very much both. Um, in other European football, uh, particularly the Champions League, uh, the big result was obviously PSG thumping Barca 4-0, and that could have implications for both teams in Liga and La Liga respectively. So, Jens, uh, what do you think of the, the result? Is that something that Barca can do anything about when they go back to New Camp, or is that just a formal conclusion and they're out of they're out of Europe now? And also, what what does this say about the the league aspirations of both teams. Yeah, I think that one's pretty much done and dusted, isn't it? I mean, even Barca, mm. 4-0 does seem uh, a bit much even for them. Um, we should have seen it coming, really, though. I mean, Unai Emre is obviously a bit of a European specialist, won the uh, Europa League three times with Sevilla. And um, also, there's an interesting thing with Ibrahimovic. Um, when he leaves a club, they tend to, to go on and win the Champions League <laughs> in the next season. So. Barca won the Champions League when uh, in Ibrahimovic's last season at Inter, and then he went to Barca and Inter won the Champions League, and then he went to uh, AC Milan and Barca won the Champions League. So incredible! And obviously he never won at PSG. So yeah, I think PSG were forty to one um, heading into the knockout stages. So. And he hasn't signed that contract extension at Old Trafford for next season. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so Alex is sitting pretty in the corner here. We'll have to see how that one goes. Um, yeah, what about, what about Barca? Obviously not quite where we want to be. Uh, yeah, we've seen it a few times this season. I think um, they got a draw one all with Sociedad uh, back in about December. And just Sociedad just walked through their midfield time and again and should have won the game quite comfortably, really. And uh, a few times I think against Sevilla, they snuck out maybe a late win or a draw and it's all just been messy it's just been wrestling them all season mm. so it's not too surprising that eventually against a top team they've come unstuck and the midfield is getting older it's they look slow and complacent really and uh, even the front three I think Suarez is not playing as well as he was a year ago Neymar has struggled for goals all the season and he was you know, the best of their, their strikers the other day so I think they've got they've got quite a lot of problems and obviously uh, Enrique's struggled to get the support of all the players ever since he really started at the yeah. job and you know it looked like he was going to be fired a couple of years ago before they then went on and won the treble. So yeah, he he'll be lucky to see how the rest of the season I imagine. Fair play. Well, I think that's pretty much all we really wanted to say on European football this weekend, unless either of you had anything more to say. So we'll move straight into uh, the betting bottle tombola, which this week has a slight variant. Uh, we're not getting our two pundits to justify whatever they pick up from the from the table. We are instead getting them to uh, debate one side of the motion. Uh, Arsene Wenger will be the next manager to leave his post, and I back that at 10 to 1. So I will flip this coin. Uh, Char is the relative newcomer, you can call it. Uh, and if you win the coin toss, you get to choose which side of the motion you debate. So, go on the end. Heads. It's heads. Do you want to propose or oppose the bet? Uh, I'll oppose. All right. Um, 
you get one minute, and then Alex gets a minute to argue the other side, and I'll give the other half of the brownie to whoever I think is debated better. So go for it. Uh, Arsene Wenger's one of the best managers, obviously, the Premier League's ever seen, um, and certainly the best manager that we've ever had at Arsenal. Uh, the consistency that he's brought to the club, top four finishes every season, a couple of FA Cups uh, in the last few years. Um, he's got an excellent record in the, the transfer window, bringing in the likes of Henri Vieira uh, and more recently Koscielny, uh, who we spoke about earlier. Um, and yeah, he, he deserves to be treated with a lot more respect than he has been of late. Um, and I think should, should he go, we could see something similar as what's happened at Man United, um, with them sort of not making the Champions League and, and really struggling. So I think those that want to get rid of him should be careful what they wish for. Fair enough. Alex, the other side well, of the let, Let's start off with that transfer window. Henri <laughs> and Vieira. <laughs> wow, I mean, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, we, you know, Will, were you even bored when that, the, those <laughs> transfers were going through? It was a while ago. I mean, uh, Granite Xhaka, he's, he's worked out well. He keeps getting sent off. Um, sent Jack Wilshire on loan. I mean, they could love a midfielder. So maybe not doing so well in the transfer window right now. I'm pretty sure all the fans keep saying, spend some money, Arsene, but he doesn't. And he's at one of the biggest clubs in the world. He hasn't won anything in 10 years, 12, 13 years since they won the league or something, isn't it? Nah, it's, it's ridiculous. He's got to go. I mean, you talk about consistently making the Champions League. They'll be lucky if they make the Champions League this this year. Um, and you know, all they're playing for is the FA Cup against Sutton. It's true. Um, I think on that evidence, uh, Sharon's spirited defence is not enough, and Alex takes the other half of the brand. Two no. Next to leave his place, ten to one. You heard it here first, folks. Put a couple of bit on that one. And he has just come out this morning saying he'll be managing someone next season, hasn't he? Uh, which is a pretty, pretty bold statement from him. But, you know, whatever whatever helps the Frenchman sleep at night. China. China, possibly. You know, Saudi Arabia is, um, you know, Klattenberg yeah, exactly. loves a bit of the Arsenal action. So maybe it's just a, a Wenger relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. Right then, quickly. Um, domestic action in the UK this weekend, or England in particular, is the FA Cup. Uh, and the big teams uh, playing in the, the fifth round are all away, so Leicester are at Millwall, City are at Huddersfield, Chelsea are at Wolves, and Spurs are at Fulham. Uh, Chaps, do you, where do you think the, the upsets are coming from, if anywhere? If anywhere. Um, Arsenal obviously at Sutton as well, which we didn't make. Yeah, uh, Mill, Millwall is the obvious one, I'd say so too. Because Leicester probably don't really want the distraction of the FA Cup. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I'm not really sure there are, I don't Fulham, I think Fulham have a, have a decent shot. Um, they've gone 1-3, drawn 2, lost 4 uh, against Premier League opposition uh, at home. Uh, six of the last eight have gone over 2.5. Um, so it could be a high-scoring game. Um, and they've won 4 on the bounce at home. And with Spurs playing... It's, it's definitely the least important of Spurs' ambitions this season. Yeah, that's true. And I think that could be, could be huge. And, and Fulham will be up for this, I reckon. I think mm. they're probably not going to get promoted back to that the Premier League this season so they might as well have a, have a punt at the cup what do you think Jack? yeah I agree with that I think Spurs have been great away all season um, they've won winners in four away in all competitions mm-hmm. um, they've only won three of the last ten away in the FA Cup um, so yeah I think it's definitely worth taking them on they're around even money aren't they I think uh, it's not a great price though. 
Fulham draw no bet is uh, 3.5. So yeah, I think that's oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sure they obviously take a draw, go back to White Hart Lane and get some money. So Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Um, I think the only other one I've looked at is Wolves v Chelsea, and that's looking like a fairly predictable draw Chelsea result. I think the Wolves just aren't going to be strong enough. Um, Chelsea aren't necessarily prioritising it, but they're, they're doing enough to, to gain these sort of wins away from home, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're not in anything else, so. Exactly, yeah. They might as well. well. Uh, it looks like they're going for the double. Now, just before we move on to some questions from our listeners, uh, we've done a lot of retrospective stuff uh, this week on the pod, uh, and I want you guys to give uh, each. Uh, I want each of you to give me your your best, your other best bet that you haven't discussed yet. So it could be from Europa League, the Champions League, uh, FA Cup. I, for instance, I'm going to back Fulham on the the draw no bet. I think three point five is a really good price for that. Um, Charan, what do you think? Uh, uh, I'm going to go for. Shakhtar Donetsk to win the Europa League. Nice. 11 to 1. Uh, I think we talked about United being the favourites, but I took a look at their European away record. Uh, they've lost 8 of their last 10 in Europe, with their only win in that time coming against Zoria. Uh, they've lost to the likes of Olympiakos, PSV, Michelin, Feyenoord, and Fenerbahce. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to be taking 4 to 1 about them. Um, Shakhtar, on the other hand, won all their group stage matches, so the only team to do that, and they won 1-0 at Celta Vigo last night. Uh, they're miles clear in the league, uh, and they won it. They won the Europa League in 2009, so yeah, 11-1. Sounds good. Nice yeah. price. And Alex? Well, in the absence of uh, my usual co-commenter, <laughs> Will Wild, I'm going to go with Zlatan Ibrahim <laughs> oh, to score in the Lancashire derby. Uh, in the FA Cup this weekend against Blackburn, he's one point eight five to score any time. You know you can't stop the King's Latin. Um, so yeah, I was just trying to find him to score first. I think because he probably going to score all the goals, but I can't find that. So I will um, back him score any time. Back him score any time then. One point eight five sounds great. Um, and just quickly, in with some questions that we had, uh, Vinny Castro tweeted us and asked, "How do we predict expected goals?" Uh, Alex, you're probably the one to. To go to on this, what stats do we use? What measures? What metrics? I, well, we're looking at a team's scoring record, their clean sheet records, mostly focusing on either at home or away and comparing against different opposition types. So, if you're playing against a top six team, you want to see whether they're you know effective at keeping clean sheets or or not against those stuff, those sort of sides. And I'd often look at half-time goals trends as well. Um, often. You can get late goals in matches dictated by red cards, teams really chasing it, which aren't necessarily reflective of a team's normal, you know, their, their regular pattern. Um, whereas a half-time trend sometimes can be more relevant. Uh, if you've got a lot of half-time nil-nils, really good indicator that moving forwards they're going to have under 2.5 goals, quite common. Um, even if some of those matches had actually gone over 2.5, due to a flurry of late goals. Sometimes it, yeah, you need to look at the early goals as, as much as the late ones. Good stuff. Um, yeah, one of the things that uh, you can do on Football Form Labs, it, uh, Form Lab Black that I was looking at with Will was looking at in-play goals. You can use the in-play analysis tool to check when goals are scored. And we found that um, there are quite a lot of goals scored in Australia after the 80th minute. Uh, you know, players getting tired, not necessarily the highest quality league. So yeah, that's just one of the uses of our, of our software. But those are the sort of things uh, thing that we use. Uh, the other question we had this week was from Jack Denning, who tweeted to ask us, do we cover the MLS? Yes, 
Jack, we do. Uh, we cover lots of summer leagues and those will all be coming through on about Monday or Tuesday when we get the fixture lists all calibrated. Uh, looking forward to analysing some of those over the summer months. That's us all done for this week uh, and we'll be back next week with more analysis on the European games and I look forward to some Premier League action as the league enters the final third of the season. This podcast is available on SoundCloud, which George tells me you can download as an app for easy listening and automatic downloads of the podcast. And all our tips will be available on facebook.com forward slash football form labs later today. We're also available on twitter.com forward slash football form lab. Keep tweeting us your suggestions, queries, anything you want us to discuss on the pod. And you can head to footballformlabs.com to sign up for a two-week free trial of our software, which will give you access to data on 50 leagues worldwide and longer strategy pieces and missing players analysis from our team here. Happy betting. Goodbye for now.